1: Welcome to the Value Clarity Podcast, where we talk about customer-perceived value, customer-perceived outcomes, and everything it takes all around your company to deliver superior customer outcomes. Today, I am thrilled to have a really special guest, Greg Johnson. Greg is the CEO of WebCheck Security, a company that works nationwide doing cybersecurity in
0: a lot of different forms. Greg, welcome. Hey, thanks Mark. I, I do feel special being here today. So thank you for that introduction. Really thrilled to have you. You know, we'd
1: met a month or so ago when you were down uh, being a speaker and I said I got to have this guy on my podcast. Um thank you. so tell us a little bit more about web check security. You you can do it more justice than I can if I
0: <laughs> Okay, thank you. Well, true to your book and your thesis and the training that you deliver, Mark, we deliver business enablement right? Okay. So what does that really mean? Well, we're a cybersecurity company. We're a world-class penetration testing and cyber risk mitigation company. And and as we, we discussed offline, Mark, that really enables companies to continue to do business or to acquire new customers. Um, one way to to kind of condense what we do for the layman because a lot of people don't understand that concept of penetration testing we break into your bank applications to electric grids to um, firewalls and networks and infrastructure by permission of course with white hat guys who are good guys they're actually engineers and they document everything they can find so that at the end of the day they make our clients better. So that's what we do, number one. And then number two, we help those clients mitigate their risk by actually managing their cybersecurity programs, incident response policies, all kinds of cyber policies to, to help them be successful in business and, and not have uh, or be at lower risk of having a cyber breach. And if they do have a breach, what do they do about it? That's essentially our world mark in what we do.
1: Yeah. And I, uh, uh, sad for everybody. Good for you. Business is good.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is. Uh, you know, we met at, at, at a webinar, as you know, not long ago. And, and at that time, the big thing was the Colonial Pipeline and the, the meat supply chain hack. And since that time, there have been uh, a dozen others. Uh, unfortunately, it's nonstop. And, and so fortunately for us, we, we get to help our clients Uh, to to be better, to uh, enable them to continue to do business or to recover if they have been breached and they just need help and a a good cyber QB to throw the football.
1: (laughs) You know, um, so you say business enablement. Um, Sometimes that's business survival. Um, A lot of companies fail when they get penetrated uh, the wrong way.
0: It, 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 it's true. I, I'll never forget, you know, when I first got into the uh, cyber market, it was through what you call the PCI world. And that's the payment card industry, right? Back in the early days of the PCI data security standard, um, I'll never forget this. I was actually selling forensics for a reputable uh, cybersecurity firm that specialized in the payment card industry. And a small Mexican restaurant got hacked. We did a forensic. This was down in, I think it was New Mexico, somewhere in the Southwest. And, and MasterCard, find that little restaurant, $85,000. That was just MasterCard. And I remember they went out of business and, and it, it impacted me. That was a sad story. Um, but obviously, with larger businesses, it can be on a much more grandiose scale, uh, unfortunately. So we're, we're helping businesses, yes, to, to recover and hopefully to avoid that whole uh, mess in the first place
1: um and so you know i'm i harp on people uh not to talk about what you sell but talk about what your customers buy and you you said it really well business enablement business um existence business survival and so you've got white hat folks trying to keep ahead of or at least keep pace with the black hat folks what does that threat environment look like who who, who are the bad guys nowadays?
0: <laughs> well, gosh, uh, you know, what, what's interesting about that and what a lot of people don't realize is that uh, some of our sometimes allies, but often not Russia and others, China and North Korea, they, there is a such thing as uh, nation state hacks. These groups have become very organized there's also uh, organized crime has gotten into the picture. So there's this whole thing called the dark web. If you think of an iceberg, you know you only see the top of it. That's the internet. But then down underneath the water, there's this dark web that you use uh, a, a you know a Tor onion browser to get into and, and other things that, that can kind of obfuscate your 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 IP address and, and you can sneak around. But there's whole toolkits of malware and ransomware that you can buy, that organized crime and other bad actors can, can purchase to, to go out and start hacking. Uh, so, but but yeah, I, I just wanna say that we gotta be wary. Um, our corporations are under attack. China wants to become the dominant factor in commerce in almost every vertical. And so they steal IP. Uh, and when I say they, I don't mean the good people of China in general, I mean the government. And then uh, Russia's doing similar things this is not a, you know, right-wing conspiracist theory thing either. It's a, uh, you know, I've been to FBI briefings um, and, and I read the articles. A lot of these uh, groups are like Revel and Sandworm and, and others. They're, they're known by different names, but a lot of them are backed by ultimately the, the Russian government or Chinese government. So that, that's just a brief landscape of, you know, who they are and, and what's happening. So they're pretty good at what they do. They have access to world-class
1: tools. They share world-class tools with each other. So it's kind
0: of crazy that you need to mitigate those risks. Um, Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, unfortunately some of those world-class tools were developed by our own NSA and they got, they leaked and they got out. And so now variations and tweaks of those are, are, are hacking our own, our own citizens, but, but right, Mark. So when I say that we provide, you know, business enablement and the ability for clients to acquire customers, that's really what it's, what it's all about. We help to identify what those risks are, We can, for example, Mark, you and your listeners think about, you know, every week you go in to your banking app, right? And, and you make transfers, you make sure you see what your balance is. Well, you don't want bad actors getting in that. And banks have taken great leaps to, you know, with multi-factor authentication and those kinds of things. But apps are basically composed of ones and zeros, right? Somebody's programmed them and they can be deconstructed. So what we do in this whole business enablement cyber process is we help with these engineers to go in and identify what i would call the low-hanging fruit those those peaches of vulnerability that if the hackers and their tool sets you know run scans and they find out up oh, that's 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 a problem let's start exploiting this application that they'll do so right so we help identify that write the reports um, you know these are handwritten i mean on a a word but they're they're handwritten uh, reports they're not just running scanning technology and spitting out a, a report these are all customized engagements with these white hat engineers um, and and they help at the end of the day uh, to make these companies better and help them to fix their their problems uh, now, can I give you an example mark of how yes, this please, yeah how, how this kind of translates into business enablement um, we had a customer that was a mortgage company. And this is one of many really cool stories. Uh, but they went out and uh landed a deal with Costco, right? We all love Costco, Costco offers cool products, but they also offer travel and mortgages and water heaters. And so, if, if you're one of these companies doing business with Costco, you're connecting to their network and their systems or their you know, acceptance or their EDI, and and so you've got to prove that you're secure. That's part of the diligence that the Costco onboarding team has um, with, uh, with you as, as their, their, their client. And, and so this client came to us and said, look, um, we have to be in alignment with the New York state financial cyber regs, which are pretty steep. Uh, otherwise, Costco won't do business with us because they do business in New York, right? So we sent in um, what we call a FISO, a fractional information security officer, most companies don't have them. Uh, even about thirty-eight percent of the Fortune 500 don't have them. Right? It's crazy. So we sent in a, a very experienced guy to help write their response policies and just demonstrate that they had a cyber plan and put that plan into motion. That company was delighted because we we helped them to acquire that Costco business. And so that that's an example of how that translates, Mark.
1: Yeah, you know, thank you because we've been talking about how to keep yourself from dying, how to keep from losing. Uh, And that story tells you that this is about acquiring a new customer, getting a new customer relationship because some customers insist on uh, this level of competence. And as you said, a lot of companies don't
0: have that level of competence, that competence to begin with. Yeah, yeah. It, You know, it's, and they may have, competent, great IT people, but IT does not equal cybersecurity. And here's why IT is more operational du jour, right? Whereas cybersecurity is a different layer, different training, different experiences. There's got to be somebody that understands how to talk to management, not just about technology, but, you know, in the mark, you know, bounty way about business enablement, they have to be able to talk the business model uh, and help the C-suite understand and the board to understand what cybersecurity is, that it's not just about putting in a technology and being safe. It's not an IT problem either. Everybody has to buy into it, right? Um, Yeah.
1: You're you're taking me back to when I was a product manager at one of the big telecom gear companies, uh, Lucent at the time. And I was product manager for this product. And all the carriers were saying that your product has got to be secure, and so I uh, we had this one guy who is the security guru, and I couldn't tell you what HMAC SHA one is, but I sh- sure could tell you when we, when we said it that uh, made a lot of people feel a lot better at the customer. So you help deliver this business continuity, and you have this fractional information security officer. That's a great jumping off point for. One of my hot buttons, one of my um, harangues, if you will, with my clients is that everybody at your company should be well aware that you don't sell security, you sell business continuity. And this is the the customer outcome. And so you've got some people who are uh, some pretty sophisticated engineers who get down pretty far into the weeds. What do you do as the company leader to make sure that those people are able to operate effectively down in the weeds, but also really understand the business problems, the customer business problems they're solving.
0: That's a great great question, Mark. I can tell you that after this uh, podcast, I'm going to do a lot better job of it than I currently am. Um, But when we onboard, when we hire somebody, we have always had um, this mantra that we hire them with. And that is that we're not just doing business with with. B two B, you know, with companies, we're serving them, right? It to me, it's it's a mantra I grew up with. That when you are in the service of your fellow man, you're only in the service of your God. So it's kind of a deep intrinsic value that, that I have, and and so there's a couple things, Mark. First of all, um, a pen tester is a highly technical problem solver, right? They love technology, and when you think about that kind of stereotypical world you think of a guy in a hoodie uh eating a burrito at 3 a.m on his keyboard maybe playing some games and well some of them are like that and they they're they're these highly technical guys and they live in this different world but i make them get on a zoom call and see if they'll you know like mr miyagi says look i always look i right (laughs) and uh if they'll if they're conversational um, and then the second thing is, is that once, once we determine that they're going to fit our culture, do they have an attitude of service? Um, are they willing to go the extra mile and make sure that at the end of the day, the client is better in their cybersecurity posture? And that, that's kind of how we uh, try to emphasize that this, these are not just businesses we're dealing with, they're people, and let's serve them.
1: I think that's great. I, I work with that, making sure that everybody is a connected to a customer outcome. I also work with making sure that your people, your salespeople, your customer interface people aren't just talking about pen testing. They're talking about how that turns into a business outcome and what all those policies what, for the mortgage company that was trying to get on with uh, Costco, what they, their executives knew what that meant, but at the working level, making sure that those people realize what they're doing and why they're, why they're going
0: through this process. Yeah. And a lot of that comes with uh, the people who liaise the most with the client. And that is our practitioners Our, you know, these engineers or these highly skilled former or current CISOs that we lease out right to to our clients. We, we, we tell them that the business objective here is that this client here, I'll give you another example. This particular client, Uh, has a seven-figure contract on the line with a number of healthcare institutions. So your job, practitioner, is to help assess that system, articulate the risk, but also help them to land that contract by articulating the roadmap and that their cyber program is sound, right? Right. Now it may not be sound, but he helps them to get there. So understanding that objective for the client—that it's not just about oh ho hum—I have to go do an assessment and write a report. No, I have to help this client land and retain this seven-figure uh, healthcare contract. That's
1: that's how we approach that. And uh, when you do it that way, do you think that helps you uh, with your price negotiations?
0: Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, the client <laughs> realizes that, you know, they're, they're not going to be dickering around so much on price uh, because they, they realize that there's a, there's a huge value. There's, there's a reason they've come to us. Right. Yeah.
1: Um, when I was young, the salespeople who would go through that conversation saying, this is what it means. This is the seven figure contract that we're trying to help you land and save. I thought that was the aggressive uh, salespeople, and that was just their style. And you could, uh, you you should try to succeed without doing that yourself if you weren't comfortable. But turns out that's uh, that's what you that's that is what made those high performers high performers. Is that you talked about the business, talked about the business outcome, and you kept on talking about the business outcome until and asking about business outcome questions until the
0: answers come back in dollars. Yep, he who understands. His client uh, and their business wins the day. Right? Yeah,
1: I, I say that. I also say you can't know thy customer's business until you know business. And so I, I work with a lot of sellers about basic business acumen, um, just understanding what business is like and what it's like to run a business and what it's, what your customers are going through and what their world probably looks
0: like. Yeah, absolutely. I I wish I would have taken that more to heart when I was a young, you know, 20 something, uh, representative or regional manager for word perfect corporation, you know, a lot of times in the day it was, uh, what I call show up and throw up and give a cool demo of a cool technology and and people just kind of bought it because they saw the value. But as you know, as, uh, as I grew in, in that role and in other roles and with other companies and eventually moved to executive teams, I realized that, that you know, some of the most important questions was help me understand uh, your business model. Having done some research and saying, you know, it, it's, it's really cool what you guys do, but help me understand a little bit more um, how you're doing it and what's the impact of this problem you have and what is the problem and, and really trying to uncover what they need. And then Mark, you know, if I can share one really cool nugget, is that all right? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I have this executive coach, uh, because I'm like the, you know, I'm like a bike tire. It won't spin forever. Somebody needs to keep spinning it. And, and so I recognize the value of having a, somebody that, that just coaches me all the time. And, uh, one of the things he said to me is, you know, when you're communicating with your customers, you might want to ask the simple question. So what's a win for you in regards to this engagement? What really uh, are, are you guys wanting to see? Boy, that's been a fun question. Um, what's your win, right? And, yeah. and boy, I, I don't lose those proposals very often. Uh, that, that's, that's kind of the, 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 the golden question right there is what's the win for you here?
1: Um, that's a great
0: question. And let me,
1: let me give you um, a little cherry on top of that. Sounds Uh, good. You you can't ask them this question in front of others, but you can ask when they answer you what's the win. Uh, You can ask them the follow up question what does that mean for you personally in your role as, and then give their title? Oh, I love it. Because that can mean a promotion, that can mean um, stock options, that can mean I get to go home earlier, that means I can retire sooner. What does that mean for you personally in your role as black? Because um, that gives that, that adds a third dimension to that wonderful two-dimensional picture that you get when you ask what their win is. Very good. I like it. Um, because everybody's gonna buy off of the personal stuff. What comes out of their mouth when they're in front of the group is that business win. Um, But the reason they decide to say something rather than silently sit in the corner is because of that personal win. Right. Um, And also, when you ask both of those questions, what is your win, uh, you're actually asking the customer to connect your solution to their win. When When they answer both of those questions, they're actually writing a movie and performing a movie and starring in that movie of that outcome happening by answering that question, because you're asking them to envision a, a world in which they've gotten those things. And so that causes the
0: connection between your product and their outcome to link. Yeah, that's an, in, that's an interesting insight. I'll never forget, Mark, uh, uh, you know, when I was a younger guy, uh, we're talking 1990 here and I'd landed a regional manager position with, um, Word Perfect Corporation. Um, I was in training with this wonderful fellow named Brent Doan. I think Brent, uh, maybe he'll listen to this, but he's, he was in Arizona at one point in time, and, and uh, maybe he's still there. I don't know what he's doing. I haven't looked him up for many years, but he, was, he trained all of the uh, uh, incoming uh, groups of, of these regional managers, and I'll, ne- you know, I'll never forget one of the concepts. He said, you know, people buy on emotion, and they justify it with logic. I found that to be so true. Even the most logical guy or gal will have certain reasons why they want something. And so they tend to mold their experience and then justify it later. So if uh, I think you're absolutely right, Mark, you understand what their, what their win is, then um, that's, that's. it. No, and,
1: and to everybody out there, um, it can be really uncomfortable to ask what that personal thing is but I can promise you the hardest time it is to ask is is the first time you try. After you ask and somebody appreciates it and they tell you what's happening, uh, first of all, you know, you've got some trust with them that they trust you with some personal revelation, Um, but you realize it isn't that hard. People are usually happy to share it if you ask the right way and um, it gets easier and it is the magic. Um, and you have to learn how to ask. You can't just say, you know, what is the emotion that you're going to buy on? You have to ask the question worded, like, what does this mean to you personally? Because that kind of gives somebody with reservations permission to bail out and go to the business outcome. But most of the time, if you've got uh, some sort of a personal trust and you're asking it in private, they'll, they'll at least crack the window open to what the personal thing is that they're really thinking about. Absolutely right. Absolutely right. Uh, so um, what have we forgot to talk about um, that you'd like to make sure that we get out
0: here? <laughs> well, just that um, one of the differentiators for us, Mark, is we we don't just do pen testing or cyber risk mitigation. We do world- class pen testing and cyber risk risk mitigation. And again, it's about the person and serving serving the individual and and not just a cold, Entity, We have a very scoping quality control process from, uh, or delivery process from scoping the engagement, which is the very initial uh, onset, we, we care about what, what, what is their win, uh, what is it they're trying to achieve, under what framework, is it for HIPAA risk, is it for payment card, or is it for something else, um, all the way down through the delivery of the service. The, the, the face-to-face, you know, Zoom, uh, COVID kind of legitimized this. So we do a lot of face-to-faces with the technology um, to deliver, delivering and debriefing the client and then, you know, asking them what's next and offering uh, next steps as well. So we, we'd like to think that we're differentiated not so much by technology that other companies have, but by the way we treat our clients and the way we serve them.
1: Really important, you know. It could really be easy in that cybersecurity world to just settle into bits and bytes and and jargon, and reducing that back and bringing it back to people and business and results is, uh, I think,
0: that's key. That's going to that's going to take you a long way. Well, we hope so. You know, I, I, I learned a lot as a, a young a word perfect representative that used to show up and throw up. And, and well, we try not to, to do that. It, it's exciting. Cybersecurity, there's so much cool stuff. Uh, it's a multi-layered pie like Thanksgiving dinner. You You've got endpoint protection and incident response policy and acceptable use policy and pen testing and scanning. And I could just go on, right? There's a lot of fun things in cybersecurity. But the bottom line is, who are we serving? What are their needs? Wow. Uh, what, 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 what's their win and, and how can we, uh, and
1: which sure. of, yeah, which of these tools and which settings on which of the tools solves this client's problem this time.
0: Exactly. Absolutely. Exactly. Well, Greg, thanks for joining us. How can people get a hold of you or web check security? Oh, my, my pleasure. Thank you so much for the invite. Uh, I would love it if they would, uh, either visit us at webchecksecurity.com and every page, uh has or should have a, a form or they can register for webinars. We've got one coming up on December 14th with regards to assigning um, a dollar value to cyber risk, which is kind of cool. Um, or Mark, they can just uh, reach out at get in touch at webchecksecurity.com. It's get in touch at webchecksecurity.com And uh, uh, I, or one of our uh, cyber specialists will, will quickly return their, their email, and and engage in a conversation. Great. Well, Greg, thanks a lot for investing your time with us today. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Mark. I I love what you're doing. I love your approach. And uh, uh, have me on again sometime. I would
1: love that. And thanks, people, for joining us on the Value Clarity Podcast. We will remind you that your value only exists in your customer's head, which means that sales, marketing, business is more like brain surgery than you might have thought. Thanks, and have a high-value day. Well, it ain't easy, because value's in your buyer's brain. If you're selling on only your features, you're going to drive over you insane. And if you ignore your customers' outcomes, you're bound to be paying your dues, because you'll be singing those old don't-know-value blues.